Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Catitude. I'm your show host, Michelle Fern. Today, we're going to talk to Jameson Humane. They played a very active role in rescuing many, many animals, especially many cats during the Napa wildfires towards the end of 2020. And you might think, well, how does this relate to me? Because I don't live in the gorgeous portion of the world of Northern California. Well, you know, emergencies and catastrophes can happen anywhere. So we're going to have some great tips for you. We'll be right back after this message. Pets are part of the family. Make sure you can always afford the quality health care they need with Easy Pet Check, a nationwide pet insurance alternative. With Easy Pet Check, you'll save up to 75% on all your pet's health care at any licensed veterinarian in the U.S. Easy Pet Check accepts all dogs and cats regardless of pre-existing conditions. Visit EasyPetCheck.com. That's the letters EZPetCheck.com. Taking care of your pet can be easy with Easy Pet Check. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to welcome Monica Stevens. She's the founder of Jameson Humane. Welcome, Monica. Oh, hi, Michelle. Thank you very much. Excited to be here. Thank I'm you. I'm so happy to have you. And I'm jealous because Napa Valley is just gorgeous. Not when there's fires, of course, but it's gorgeous. It's it's beyond gorgeous. And I'm with you. I am so fortunate to live here and to do my life's work all in one place. It couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. Tell us a little bit of background about Jameson Humane, and then we'll talk about what went on during the wildfires. Absolutely. We are an organization uh, six years old. My husband and I founded it for the simple purpose of ensuring that all domestic animals had a better chance. So if there was an animal in need, and we're talking about horses, cows, bunnies, pigs, chickens, and of course, dogs and cats, most two popular animals in the United States. So we founded the organization so that we could create an animal welfare system that would take care of not only the animals, but help the humans, educate the humans on being better prepared to care for their animals or give them a helping hand in times of need. So founded in 2014, fast forward to 2021, we have initiated eight programs to date. And one of them, which we'll be talking in more detail about later, is our disaster preparedness and relief program. And another hallmark of our programs is our Ellis Cat program, which takes in, fosters, and adopts out cats and ape, in particular senior cats. We have a real soft spot for the senior cats. Oh, that's wonderful. So tell us about the wildfires and how you, I know you helped so many people. Tell us about that. You know, it's, it's really a, it's a, it's a surreal experience, Michelle. You don't really ever have any warning. 
And the main thing, and this is our, I think our sixth wildfire. So you learn a little bit of something along the way. Jameson Humane has become known in the Bay Area as a leader in disaster preparedness and response and helping fund initiatives. So when these fires happen, the first 72 hours are complete mayhem. And what we're trying to do as an organization and as a, a county and as an area is get in a rhythm of where are the fires happening, what animals are in need, and trying to triage response and need all at the same time. So every day, you know, and rarely do you get any sleep and we have staff and volunteers and everyone is united to help the animals really, because, and you know this too, you're not going to leave your house if your animal is still in there. So we really spend a lot of time in a disaster talking to humans, getting them prepared, even though they might be on what we call an advisory situation before it becomes mandatory, we are out talking to people, getting them ready to evacuate. And, you know, it is after six wildfires in the area, you know, the human is paying attention and decidedly getting more prepared for these types of events. You know, as you're saying that, I've lived in places where there are earthquakes, where there are floods, where there are hurricanes. And I've been through a couple of riots, which are not natural disasters, but there's still some times when that happens and you have to evacuate. But we'll stick to, I guess, the natural (laughs) ones. I know what you mean about you don't have a lot of time because earthquakes, they just happen. You don't have notice. Now I'm on the other part of the country where you have hurricanes, where you have a lot of notice generally. And I don't know what's better because you're anxious and nervous and going nuts and everybody else's, you know, the hurricane might hit, it might not hit. It's crazy. Or the earthquake that just happens. Now, wildfires, you have generally a little bit of notice to be prepared. What was it like for you guys when you found out about it? And tell us a little bit of the lead time and what went on during wildfire. Yeah, I'll take you through. And first of all, we had one because of the lightning strikes in August. Month later, we had another one, both of them cataclysmic. So what's happening is, unfortunately, these are happening early morning, late night. You know, Michelle, people are sleeping. We're about to go to sleep. So they're rudely awoken out of their sleep by a neighbor or a firefighter. And sometimes they literally have five minutes to get it together. And what that means, and if you don't mind, I'll just focus on the the cat portion of it. That means that, you know, your cat, which is usually not too excited about fast movement and change, you've got to be able to get your kitty in its crate, grab all your essentials and get in your car and head down the pathway and get out of the danger. Because the way these fires move, and they're always accompanied by high winds, I mean, you hear these stories about people where the fire is literally licking at their tires as they're driving down the driveway. So, you know, the preparedness is the word that we need to focus on, because if you're not prepared and you don't know the tricks of the trade and getting that kitty in its crate and out the door, you're going to be delayed in escaping. I want to talk about being prepared and what you need to do. But before that, you had a really good rescue story about a family that had some cats and were able to foster them. Can you share that with us? Yeah, there's so many really good stories. So one is this family is they're fleeing the fire, got everything they own in the car that they can take and they have their two cats 
and they have nowhere to go because they haven't planned, you know, and another rescue calls us and says, Monica, I've got these two cats and they actually had a puppy too. And they, they couldn't find a place to stay with their animals. So guess what? We were in a meeting at the ranch with the staff and the calls coming into me. And I looked up at the staff and we're in a meeting and I said, hey, we've got these animals coming in. And our staff like jumped out of their seats. They wanted to foster the animals. So got the word to the family. The family drove over and it was beautiful. We took the kitties, there were two kitties and the pup. Someone took the pup, took the two kitties and we had them for, I think it was three, our staff member had them for three weeks. And we spay neutered them while they were with us. The family was very grateful. They couldn't afford spay neuter. So we had the opportunity to spay neuter them in, while they were in our foster care. And then the reunification was heartwarming. We brought them back to their home and they were just crying and so happy to see their babies. And then um, kind of a mass of rescue story, evacuation story, is we have a cat sanctuary in Napa Valley named We Care. And the director called me up. 150 cats at the sanctuary in St. Helena. And what I did is we have a beautiful network. We called the network, a team called Napa Cart. They sent up trailers. We had three of our own vehicles. In the meantime, We Care is getting all these cats, I don't know how they did it, into crates. So we had a convoy of trucks bringing these cats down to the city of Napa to a college for safety. Oh, my gosh. How many cats did you end up keeping in the college? 120 they got. And they were in, we were in a hand, handball court. <laughs> and they set them up, two cats, two big crates. Jameson provided the crates. We got litter pans and litter. They had volunteers and staff pretty much round the clock for three weeks. Once again, to the fire left the area. And that was beautiful. It was such a, you know, everyone loves collaboration. They love when everyone works together. And it worked out beautifully. And then we brought all the kitties back and got them back to We Care to their sanctuary. So that's another great story. Lots of great stories in these really tragic and sad times. You know, I have to just commend you on the rescue and everything you've done because working during a fire is not easy. I actually lived in Southern California, not Northern. And I know the fires, I think, are worse in Northern California. And just not even being near them, being, you know, quite a distance away. I was fortunate I didn't have to evacuate, but you could smell it in the air. There's little suit coming down. It looks like it's snowing, but it's not. All the particles in the air, and it's just uncomfortable, not even when you're close. So you were much closer and had that amplified. It's not easy work conditions. It's not easy conditions at all. And when you're dealing with the dynamics of rescuing and anxious people and worried and they're losing their homes, that's intense. You summed it up. And the other part is, Michelle, you know, you're worried about your own family. Exactly. Yes. Your own family, because we're only 27 miles long and five miles wide. So a fire can move that fast and cover a big territory. So you've got one foot in rescue land and you've got another half a foot maybe in your own life. And then your staff is being evacuated and, you know, your team is trying, you know, their first response is the animals. So they're doing everything they can to be focused on helping the cause. So 
You're right. And then you've got the environmental things. You know, you're, you're wearing a mask, right? We're used to that now. But yes, you've got soot coming down. The air is just horrific. And if you don't have to be here, people hightail it out of town. I mean, unless you need to be here, you shouldn't be. Exactly. It's difficult conditions. Absolutely. We're going to take a short break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk to you, Monica, about how to prepare for a disaster or emergency. We'll be right back after this break. Hey, everyone. Michelle Fern here, your host on Best Buds for Pets and Catitude. Ben and Jerry's has frozen treats for dogs. Yum! Whoop out loud, right? I know Nikki is going to love this. He loves a frozen treat. They have two different flavors. One is Punch's Mix, which is peanut butter and pretzel. And the other one is Rosie's Batch, which is pumpkin and mini cookies. You know, I kind of like both of those flavors too, but my absolute favorite is fish food. Anything Ben and Jerry's is always fabulous because the quality is so good and their mixes are so delicious. Be sure to check out more about these frozen dog desserts as well as pictures of all the caniners at the Ben and Jerry's Vermont office at benjerry.com. That's B-E-N-J-E-R-R-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Monica Stevens, the founder of Jameson Humane. You know, I know we're talking about fires and, you know, for people listening, they might think, well, I don't have fires where I am or I don't have this or whatever. But even if you live in an area and... I don't know, most of our listeners in the U.S., but we have listeners all over the world. And I know in the U.S., there's we have earthquakes, hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, blizzards. I don't know. What did I miss? There's a little bit of everything. But even if you don't have that where you live, I don't know where that might be, but if you don't have any of that, there's always a chance you could just have an emergency in your home, you know, a tree fall on your roof or something like that, where you have to evacuate. So what are some tips on how somebody can be, you know, prepared for an emergency and what should they do maybe way in advance of the emergency to be even more prepared? Oh, Michelle, thank you for asking. This is probably one of the most important questions to be asked. And over time, we've gained some tips that I'm excited to share. So for cats, One of the most important things a cat guardian can do is work with their cat, you know, work with their cat on a weekly basis, have a crate, their crate always open. And once a week, put a little something, their favorite treat, something stinky that they really love inside so that they're used to going inside. The other thing regarding loading, so that's a that's something you could do every week or once a month. The other thing you can do is buy a, a top loading crate. They're much easier to load in a top loading crate than in a front loading crate, if that makes sense. And if you only have a front loading crate, I know this sounds a little clunky, but it's best to load a cat back end first so that they can't grab around the crate. And often it's a little awkward to load a cat in times of trying to evacuate. So grab the cat by the scruff of the neck, gently load it in backwards first. Or if you happen to have a top loading crate, load the cat from the top. 
Now, one other idea, and this is where the preparedness comes in. Hopefully you have a crate, one crate for every cat that you have. If you don't, in a pinch, a pillowcase will work. So what you want to do is gently place them in the pillowcase, take the pillowcase with you. And that's the last thing you do is, you know, load the kitty in the pillowcase and then get out to your car. Other very important things to do. And once again, this is all about being prepared. And these things you can do and have in your front closet right near your front door is have a week's worth of food, have a week's worth of water, have medicine. If your cat is on medicine, make sure you have a week's worth of medicine with you. So preparation on the, on the supplies, preparation and loading. The third thing you need to know is where are you going, right? Have your plan A, plan B, plan C. For many people, plan A is family member, friend, right? What if everyone's evacuating at the same time? Call ahead to some hotels or motels. Often in times of a disaster, in particular North Bay here in California, hotels will gladly take in animals and their people during times of disaster. So have a plan of where are we going? And not the last thing, but like one of the last important things is you may not be able to get your kitty. You know, cats are very intuitive and they may be elusive during the time where you really need to get that kitty and, and take off out the door. If you cannot grab your cat, open all the doors that you can. So it's better for that cat to be able to escape and have access to the outdoors than keeping the, especially in times of fire, if you don't know that when you return, the house will be there. And I'm sorry, one other thing is really great to have is on your front window of your house, put your name, your phone number, and your animals. How many animals do you have? Because when firemen are coming by to call on people to get out of the house or to evacuate, If you have this information on your front door, they will go inside the house if you're not there and try to get your animals out if you haven't been able to. So these are things that we've learned over the years that are very helpful to the human in preparing for, listen, whether a PG&E outage or a gas leak, like you said, it may not be a fire, but it could be something unplanned and that's where you need a plan. So I, I, I hope these are helpful tips. And those are these are the things that we talk about when we do our town hall meetings, whether they're virtual now or when we used to do them in person for our community. Quite, these are the types of things that we would share with the humans so that they could easily make a plan because none of these things are difficult. I love your tips. And when you were talking about them and you mentioned the first one, I thought, yep, I've learned a lot doing this Catitude show because I was thinking one of the first things is so many people have problems getting their cats in crates to be able to transport them. That is such a challenge. And I really like the idea of using a pillowcase if you have to use something and you have nothing else. Oh, And maybe sometimes you can't find your crate, right? I mean, it is not time to be searching the house for a crate. You improvise. And um, I heard one of your great, one of your great catitude shows another great way with the speaker, Tiffany, talked about, you know, wrapping a kitty in a, a blanket or a, or a towel. It's another great way, you know, just get them secured so that they can't escape. So many ways to work with a kitty when you are trying to get out the door. What about also knowing if there is um, a 
rescued such as yourself in your area in case you can't take your kitty with you? Yeah. So the best thing to do is call your local animal shelter because the beautiful part about the shelters is that they are government run. And I don't know of any shelter that doesn't have an emergency plan, which means that they are also responding to the community. So getting in touch with your local shelter to find out what is the response of law enforcement or the shelter in times of a disaster? They will be able to help guide you as to, you know, if you can't get to your kitty, you could call them up because they've told you, okay, Monica, this is step one, two, three, what you need to do if you've left your home without your loved, your beloved kitty cat. And I think shelters, local shelters are your best source for information for what would they do in a disaster because they've drilled on it. They've got to drill on it. It's part of their, you know, the makeup of, of government. That's great information. On your site, your website, you have some great information as well. Can you share the site with us and let people know where on the site you have more information or these tips if someone's listening while they're driving so that they can um, get, you know, read over, get some more detailed information. Thank you. Uh, yes. So our website is Jameson and it's named after um, my dog, Great Pyrenees Jameson, J-A-M-E-S-O-N, humane, H-U-M-A-N-E dot org. And if they go to a- about and they click on disaster, because all our programs will come up, and they click on disaster, we have some great tips of all kinds of things involved in preparedness and uh, response. And I love sharing this because, oh, and the other really important thing, Michelle, to talk about, please, everybody chip your animals, get your animals microchipped. That is one of the most important things that you can do as a pet guardian, so that in the event where you get detached from your pet, someone finds it, they will be able to scan it and return that beautiful pet back to you because you went ahead and got it chipped. That's a really important component of disaster preparedness. Good point because collars come off and they do. Oh my goodness. And I have to tell you in a disaster and post-disaster, so post-disaster lasts about a month. Everyone is involved in everybody, especially in our community here, because that's what I've seen the most is involved in reunification. They are trying to unify lost pets with humans. And so that is a time when that chip comes in very handily. And I have one little more story. Is that okay if I share? Sure, sure. Okay, so we got called. This was a beautiful story. We got called from a, a veterinary clinic and they the um, firemen had gone into this burned out property And trapped beneath two trees were three kitties. And the firemen lifted off the trees. The kitties couldn't move. They were somewhat in shock, but their poor little paws were burned. They estimate that they probably hadn't had any water or food for two days. The firemen scooped up the kitties, took them to the vet. The vet called us and we were able to fund the aftercare, they took care of the kitty's paws, obviously kept them in their care for four days and bandaged them, wrapped them, gave them fluids, got them eating again. All the kitties survived. Oh, that's And because they were microchipped, we found the family. 
and the family was in awe because they had to flee, couldn't catch their kitties. They had no idea that their cats had survived. And I have to tell you, when we reunited the kitties with the family, it's so heartwarming. You just, you need a big box of Kleenex. It's, if they hadn't had been microchipped, they may have never found their kittens again. That's a beautiful story. Yeah. Lots of heartwarming stories post-fire. Lots of sad ones too, but we just focus on the happy ones. Yes. Yes. So Monica, I want to thank you so much for coming on Catitude and sharing the wonderful roles in rescuing that Jameson played during the Napa Valley fires, and as well as all the tips for people to um, what to do in times of disasters. Such wonderful information. Thank you so much. And thank you, Michelle, because you allowed me the opportunity to share this information that we've gathered over the years and, and share it with all of your wonderful listeners. So thank you. I want to thank my guest today, Monica Stevens, the founder of Jameson Humane, for sharing all of this valuable information on what to do in times of disaster. You know, no matter where you are, there's always a chance, unfortunately, of a natural disaster or an emergency situation in your home. So you just want to be prepared. It might not ever happen, but it will be so unbelievably important for you to be prepared. So please keep that in mind. I also want to thank my uh, kitties for teaching me how to be more prepared. And that's Molly, Charlotte, Dennis. And I want to thank my kitties for challenging me and making sure that I am more prepared because not all of them like to go inside a crate. That would be Molly, who's most difficult. Dennis walks right in. Charlotte, the husband, deals with her because she doesn't like me. And Sammy and Jethro. And thanks to my producer, Mark Winter, for making me and my guests sound great. And thanks to all of you for listening to Catitude. I hope you really enjoyed today's show. And remember, lose the attitude. Have some catitude. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.